This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, May 20th, 2012. Stretched Perseverance. Good morning, Connection Church. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that this is the day you've made, and it's, for us, a new beginning. It's, it may be the first day where we realize the race that we're in, this long race, this marathon. It's not a sprint, Lord, and we're thankful that you're with us running this race. And, and uh, today, as we look into your word, we just uh, pray that you would strengthen us for this race, that you would grant us the perseverance that we need, Lord to succeed in this race. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're in the third week of our series on stretched. And two weeks ago, we talked about being stretched in in terms of our priorities. The time that we have, the activities that we do, how we, we need to prioritize them so that we have time to develop our relationship with God. Priorities can really get out of whack, as we all know. And yet, in God's Word, He gives us some wisdom on how to do that. The last week, if you were here, we talked about being stretched in our prayer life. And a lot of times our prayer life sounds like, Lord, uh, we need this. Lord, can you help me with that? Lord, uh, do this for me and do this for them. But God is trying to stretch us in our prayer life because prayer is our communication with God, our communion with God, so that when we pray and we are before the Lord, we say, Lord, what is it you want me to do today? What can I do for you? And then we listen to God. And listening is sometimes a difficult challenge for us in our relationship with the Lord. Today, we talk about being stretched in perseverance. This idea of perseverance, it, that the race that we saw at the beginning of the service, when Secretariat was running and persevering, and, and you heard some of the comments of the people in the stands thinking, this is too fast, it's too much. Are they going to make it? Can they, can they endure this pace? Wasn't it inspiring? Every turn that the horse took, you were more inspired. You just saw the horse begin to take that lead. That's persevering, and in, in God, that's what God once from us, as we persevere to succeed, to get further and further ahead in life. And uh, we're going to look right off of the top at two scripture verses uh, concerning persevering in life. And the first one is found in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, And let us run with endurance, with perseverance, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then the second verse we find in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. The Apostle Paul here says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not only me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. 
we see here Jesus and Paul persevered in this faith race that we call life. Jesus did it perfectly so that like Paul, we who are imperfect can do it also. Perseverance. While we run this faith race called life, in Hebrews we read about this great cloud of witnesses. Who are these witnesses in this race that we run? Well, I'm looking at them. This is you. You're the witnesses. You guys are witnessing my faith race. You're witnessing your faith race and, the, and those around you. This great cloud of witnesses is the church. We, we're watching one another in this faith race. And, and some of you who I know personally, and you know me, you, you talk with me and we pray together. You, you know when I'm doing well in the race and you know when I'm struggling in the race. There are also others in, in this cloud of witnesses. Maybe you're in a small group. You meet once a month, twice a month, a few times a month. And you're in this race together. You're, you're helping one another through this race. You may have a family member. Maybe, you know, Aunt Susie. That woman lived in church, right? She was always there. A parent or a brother or a sister, grandparents, someone who that you looked to. They were witnessing your life of faith, and you witnessed theirs. And then the church worldwide, they also are a part of this cloud of witnesses, these others who are running this faith race. So what does it mean to persevere? Let's look at the definition of perseverance. Perseverance is a continued effort to do or to achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. A continued effort to do something so that we can achieve something despite difficulties, failures, and oppositions. Have you ever heard this saying, failure is not an option? Maybe if you're in the military, you heard it from a drill sergeant. Lives depend on it. Maybe in school, your teachers told you failure is not an option. How about your parents? Did you ever hear failure is not an option? Maybe a coach. Any of you play sports? Failure is not an option. More wind sprints. Come on, keep it up. So if failure is not an option in so many ways, think of it in terms of our eternity when it comes to our faith. Our very eternal lives are at stake, aren't they? Failure is not an option. Well, if you're like me, and I suspect you are, you've failed more times than you'd like to remember, haven't you? Even if it's only been once. So failure is not an option, and yet we fail. And it's not an option, and we fail again. And failure begins to press up against us until we feel backed against the wall. What do I do? Where do I go? How do I deal with this, this failure? If it's not an option, and yet it's something we all do at times, how do we deal with that? 
God has never left us, never abandoned us, no matter where we are in our station in life. In this race, no matter where you are in your faith race, God has not abandoned you, and He makes promises to us. The promises of God come from the Word of God. And in Proverbs 24, the first part of verse 16, the Bible says this, For a righteous man, woman, or child may fall seven times and rise again. A righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. Falling, stumbling in our faith, we don't like it. None of us like it. And sometimes, depending on the fall, we're ashamed. There's a, there's a, a sense of, oh my Lord, I've stumbled and I've fallen. And if for some there may be habits which are recurring in our lives... Reasons that we continue to fall, maybe to a certain area in life. Something that we just can't seem to get the victory over. What about those things? How do we overcome a continual failure in life? Maybe, maybe we've failed in relationships. Maybe with spouses or with children or with parents in society in general, at work. There are so many different ways that we can stumble in our faith. And if there is some type of, I've fallen before and I've fallen again, if that continues in our lives in some way, you might even begin to hear from others about your failures. Are you ever going to get it right? You're no good. You can't do that. You're not going to amount to anything. And we begin to hear the words of failure. We might even begin to speak them to ourselves when we look in the mirror. The same kinds of words. The same feeling and sensing that, that this is too much to live this life of faith and to run this race can be overwhelming at times. And we may get down on ourselves. But God's promise has said, for a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. How can I be or you be a righteous man or woman if we've fallen and if we've fallen more than once and if we've fallen over and over again with a certain aspect of our lives? How can I be a righteous person when that happens? It is because of God's righteousness, not our own. The Bible says that he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we can become the righteousness of God in him. It is God's righteousness. When God sees me fallen flat on my back, when, when I've, I've messed up in my faith race and he looks down at me, he sees me through Christ because I am in Christ, because I am in faith. He sees you in Christ, in your relationship with him. It is that faith that he sees. When he looks at you, he sees his son. 
And he's never left us, but he's also given us that great cloud of witnesses, hasn't he? That's you guys. That's me. That's the, the body of Christ. And when, when you see me down, the Spirit of Christ in you reaches down and helps me to rise up. And when I see you down, I reach down and help you rise up. That is the Spirit of Christ. I don't look down and then put you down for your falling. That's the Spirit of Mike. And we all have that humanness about us. We all have our human weaknesses at times. But it's the Spirit of Christ in us as the cloud of witnesses to reach down and rise up our brother or sister, dust them off and help get them back into the race. This is the race that we're running. Thank God I have you guys, because I've probably fallen as many times as each one of you are here to pick me up. 30 years of serving God, and I wish I could say I've got at least one year without a mistake. But I don't. I suspect we all would be challenged to find one perfect year of faith. So I want us to say this together. I am not a failure. I am a faithful servant, and I will rise again. Let's say that one more time. I am not a failure. I'm a faithful servant, and I will rise again because Christ is in you because your brothers and sisters surround you. That cloud of witnesses is here to strengthen you and help you. That's why we'll rise again. So we need to persevere through our, our failures. We need to persevere through difficulties and opposition. The world is in opposition to our faith, is it not? It is in opposition to our faith, and it's almost always trying to make it difficult for us to succeed. Can you imagine going to work out in the world and doing good and living this Christian life and sharing the gospel and praying at lunch and praying over your meal and doing the works of God in your employment place and the boss calls you in, sits you down and says, Hey, Joy, you get a promotion for being such a godly servant. Can you imagine that at work? Now, maybe if you work at the church, Lori will put a good word in for you when the pastors get back. <laughs> but in the world, it doesn't seem to work that way, does it? There's, this world was not built to support and to strengthen your faith. The church was built for that. The Word of God is built for that. The Holy Spirit is built for that. The cloud of witnesses is built for that. We're built for that. This is where we're strengthened. This is where we get encouraged. This is where we get lifted up and dusted off. This is where we get strength from. We get it from the Lord. And we look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He is the starting line. He is the finish line. The starting line and the finish line. We look to him for inspiration. The Apostle Paul looked to something beyond just Jesus for inspiration. Think about it. 
He said in 2 Timothy, There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness that the Lord, the righteous judge, will give on that day. But not only to me, but to all who have loved his appearing. We are motivated. We motivate our children through reward. We are motivated at work through reward. You'll get the promotion. You do good on this project. You'll get that corner office. You'll get that raise. Uh, you do good with the sales. I'll give you a, this district. Uh, you, there are all kinds of motivation and incentives in our life. Well, God, that's a God idea. There is eternity in heaven. There is a reward, the crown of righteousness that God will give us. And that, that's not to so for us to, to you know, pat us, ourselves on the back with. You know, it's not that the reward of God is to motivate us so that we can be, oh, look at me, I'm on this committee and I'm at church every Sunday. And I, a righteous fellow, shine my crown. Because in that, pride can come. And pride, whoops, is a fall, isn't it? That crown is the motivation for an eternity in relationship with the living God. And it motivates us to know that there is a better place than this place that is here for until God decides it's not to be here. There is reward, a heavenly reward. And we overcome difficulties and oppositions with the help of Christ, knowing there's reward and with the help of one another. And so it's an important step for each of us to take to put past failures, difficulties, and oppositions behind us. So how do we do this? Has that anyone ever said to you, just forget it. Don't worry about it. Just put it behind you. Sounds awfully easy, doesn't it? And yet, some of the things that have taken place in our life, we struggle with putting behind us. Let's look at Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. It says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the, for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There it is again. For the goal, the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I forget what's behind. How did, how did Paul forget what was behind how did he forget his past failures, the Apostle Paul? Here's another thing to think of. How do we also forget our past successes and not live on our laurels? Oh, I was good last week. Look at me. I did good. Next Sunday you might say, hey, Mike, nice message. I'm glad you, you talked. Oh, thank you. Uh -huh. Well, that was last Sunday. What am I doing this Sunday? Can I put my successes and failures behind me? Can you? Put it behind you? Some things 
in life are difficult to put behind. Sometimes forgetting involves forgiving, doesn't it? These are the deep things, the deep challenges, the wounds. Maybe you've grown up in a dysfunctional family for all kinds of different reasons. I did. Things happened to you. Things that were out of your control. You were hurt. You were offended. You were abused. How do we just forget about those things? Those things take forgiveness. Sometimes it's hard for us to forgive. Not only is it hard to forgive those things that have happened to us, but if, like in my life, you've experienced certain things that make you the kind of individual that then, in turn, begins to hurt others. Maybe with your words, your actions. What kind of hurts that you have done that you need to forgive yourself for? See, I can say, you know, that, oh, I forgive this person or that person. And maybe I have. It's a little bit more challenging at times to forgive myself if I know what I have done has hurt someone. How do I do that? How do I forgive myself? How do I forget those things which are behind and press towards the call of God in Christ Jesus? You might even say today, I will never forgive that person. Never. Not what they did. Nope. Uh Uh-uh. I can't do it. Or you may say that about yourself. Maybe your introduction to the church was through experiences that were so difficult that it led you to a place to try to find healing and reconciliation. But God's promise is true and real. And he, whoever asked for forgiveness, will be forgiven, the Lord says. We must continue to persevere. And if you today don't feel like you want to or can forgive someone, including yourselves. We can pray today. You can pray that you will ask God to help you forgive. And the Bible teaches us that no no matter what we've done or what someone else has done, through Christ, they are forgiven. This is the faith of God. This is the love of God. This is the power of God of God. Forgiveness is available for each and every one of us. And so we must remember that perseverance is a continued effort to do or achieve something. So to overcome failures, difficulties, and opposition, we need to persevere in our thoughts, actions, and words. Thoughts, actions, and words. And in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 6, the Bible says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God 
for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. The scripture talks about persevering in our thoughts and our actions. It says bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. Have you ever seen those cartoons? The characters, you know, they might, they're thinking something and then, boop, this little bubble. And their thought is up there and you can read it. Well, what if God created us? to have those little bubbles. Boop. I'm just going to say it right now. You guys are a bunch of crazies. Oh, my goodness. As Christian people, the things we have thought. Oh, you can read mine? I guess I am too. How can we have the thoughts that we have as people of faith? We are challenged sometimes. When our thoughts begin to go where God doesn't want them to go, am I going to rely on the weapons of my warfare, are you, to bring that thought captive to the obedience of Christ? Bringing it captive to the Word of God? Is that thought a thought of God's love, of encouragement, of strength, of hope, of faith? Or is that thought a thought of, oh, that so-and-so and not going to about them, And that's the G-rated version. Because I don't want my bubble to pop up and you guys to read it. What am I going to do with that thought? See, we all have thoughts that come. It's not the thought. It's what we do with that thought. Are we tempted to fall? Or are we tempted to forget and move forward for the prize, for the call of God in Christ Jesus? Let's bring our thoughts captive to the obedience of God, to the obedience of God's Word, to the obedience of Christ. And then let's bring our actions in the same way, in line with God's Word. See, our thoughts will help us live in certain actions. And how do we bring, uh, as it says here in the, in the end of this verse, how do we punish all disobedience? says, when your obedience is fulfilled. So last week, if I fell in an area of my life, I say, today, I obey. I fell then, but I'm not falling now. I may have fallen down, but Christ has lifted me up. I'm getting back in the race. I'm not going to stay down. I'm not going to disobey again. I'm going to punish my previous disobediences and failures my challenges and obstacles by obeying today. This is the day the Lord has made. Today is the day of our salvation. I'm going to have faith here and now. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow's faith. This is when I need the faith of God. I need it today. And then finally, we, we need to not only persevere in our thoughts and our actions, but we need to persevere in our words. And in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, the Bible says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I don't like you. Who could like you? I wish you were never born. 
you're ugly. You, you won't amount to a thing. You should just give up. You hear the power of death? You are such a blessing to me. What an inspiration. I am so glad you're in my life. God has a plan for you. He's blessed you. Wow. What would life be without you? You're going to make it. I know you can do it. Do you hear the power of life? Life and death are in the tongue. And we will live or die by it. That's why King David in Psalm 141, verse 3, says this. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. I have prayed this prayer. Some of us need prayer in certain areas, some of us in other areas. I'm going to go out on a limb and say we all need this prayer. We should all pray this prayer. Because if I could just keep my mouth shut, I'd have a lot less things to be praying about in life, wouldn't I? <laughs> and so would you. David knew. David knew with all the challenges he had to shut up and listen to God. And he knew he needed God's help to do that. Let us all pray this prayer, Psalm 141, verse 3, in the days ahead. And let us persevere. Let us forget what is behind. Let us press on for the goal, for the upward call of God, for the prize in Christ Jesus. Let us persevere in our thoughts and in our actions and in our words. And when we persevere, we put the past behind us and forgive those who've hurt us, forgive ourselves for hurting others. We give our thoughts, actions, and words to God, then we'll have great success in this faith race. And we will truly look unto Jesus, the author of and finisher, the beginning and the end of our faith relationship is in Him, and of our faith race is in Him. Then we'll have great success. Let's let's pray. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you for this uh, this perseverance, this power that you've given to us to persevere. Lord God, you know how you've made it possible for us to be successful in this faith race. We are not left alone. We are not left fallen. You lift us up, Lord, by your mighty hand through our brothers and sisters in the, in the body of faith. Lord God, we pray today for more strength. We pray that you would protect our mouths and help us to persevere. Father, that we would be successful in life. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. 
Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers. Thank you.